Psalm 59 for the chief musician. To the tune, for the third time, Do Not Destroy, a poem of David when Saul sent and they watched the house to kill him. So this is the fourth psalm in a row where David's been in a nasty spot where enemies are trying to kill him. And it's the third psalm in a row to the tune of Do Not Destroy. Deliver me from my enemies, my God. Set me on high from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity. Save me from bloodthirsty men. For behold, they lie in wait for my soul. The mighty gather themselves together against me, not for my disobedience, nor for my sin, Yahweh. I have done no wrong, yet they are ready to attack me. Rise up, behold, and help me. You, Yahweh, God of armies, the God of Israel, rouse yourself to punish the nations. Show no mercy to the wicked traitors. Selah. They return at evening, howling like dogs and prowl around the city. They spew with their mouth, swords are in their lips. They say, who hears us? But you, Yahweh, laugh at them. You scoff at all the nations. Oh, my strength, I watch for you. God is my high tower. My God, who will go before me with his loving kindness? God will let me look at my enemies in triumph. Don't kill them, or my people may forget. Scatter them by your power and bring them down, Lord our shield. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them be caught in their pride. For the curses and lies which they utter, consume them in your wrath. Consume them and they will be no more. Let them know that God rules in Jacob to the ends of the earth. Selah. At evening, let them return. Let them howl like a dog and go round the city. They shall wander up and down for food and wait all night if they are not satisfied. But I will sing of your strength. Yes, I will sing aloud of your loving kindness in the morning. For you have been my high tower, a refuge in the day of my distress. To you, my strength, I will sing praises, for God is my high tower, the God of my mercy. In the Bible story um, that's connected with this psalm, Saul wanted to kill David, so he sent men to surround the house. But it said that David uh, escaped through the window, he, like his wife let him down out through the window, and he ran away. So it sounds to me like his house was built into the wall of the city. Because if it was a regular house, like say your house or my house, um, if your house was surrounded, you couldn't just jump out the window and run away. <laughs> so it's, it's a, it's a, it doesn't really tell us much about his house, but there were houses in ancient times built into the walls of cities. So it sounds a lot like, you know, a walled city, they're outside the doors and windows of his house on the inside, but it's night and you know he escapes through the outside wall and runs away. That particular moment, I think his wife um, makes a kind of a, not a, it's not a mannequin, but makes a human shape and puts it in the bed and covers it with the blanket. So it looks like he's in bed and they eventually come in to the house, stab the fake shape in the bed with a spear, which would have killed him if it was him. But meanwhile, he's gone. And this Psalm is written at the time that people are you know, surrounding his house to kill him. Now you might say, who has time <laughs> to write a psalm when people are surrounding your house to kill him? Well, probably what happened 
is later on when he'd gotten away and he had plenty of time when he'd gotten away in the desert for 10 more years because he was on the run for 10 years and plenty of the time he was just sitting still doing nothing. He had time to look back on that moment and write this psalm. He says, They lie in wait for my soul. They gather themselves against me, not for my disobedience, not for my sin. It's terrible when we do something wrong and we suffer the consequences for it, but when we're punished for something we have not done wrong, that's horrible. Christ, of course, Jesus is the ultimate example of someone who's punished for something he didn't do. All of us have probably been punished at times for things we didn't do just because life's not fair. Sometimes that happens. One of my children, you know, one time he got into trouble for something he didn't do. And uh, he said, I didn't do that. It's not fair. He got into trouble, you know, he missed out on something. And, um, <laughs> you know, we looked at the situation and realized he was right. And then I said to him, I'm very sorry. I said, but there's probably lots of times you should have been punished and you weren't, right? And he said, uh-huh. I said, well, then let this be for one of those. <laughs> and he couldn't argue with that. And I think there's only one person that, that truly could make that complaint that I'm being punished for and I don't deserve it, and that is Jesus Christ. Sometimes unfair things happen to us, but the reality is we're all sinners and we deserve a lot worse things than what does happen to us. The, one of the most interesting things here in this psalm was in verse 5. And uh, so the people that are chasing David to kill him is Saul and Saul's men, and these are Israelites. But in verse 5, now you probably might not pick up on this if you're just a regular person who reads the Bible and it's in English and you're not a student of the Bible. But in verse 5 it says, You, Yahweh of armies, rouse yourself to punish the nations. Show no mercy to wicked traitors. So he asks the Lord to punish the nations. And you'd say to yourself, why, if, if Saul and his men who are Israelites, are attacking David, why is David praying a prayer to punish these other nations? That's a really odd, strange thing to do. But then he says, show no mercy to the wicked traitors. So this is, this is what you call Hebrew parallelism, where something is said twice, and the, the, the idea of it rhymes together. In other words, he's saying the same thing twice, but in different language. What he's actually saying here is that Saul and his men are Gentiles. So he's not saying punish all those people out there. What he's saying is punish Saul. He's, he's not a true Israelite. He's, he's a wicked traitor. He's, he's a Gentile. So what he's basically saying is Saul isn't even a part of your family the way that he's acting. Now, you might think I'm perhaps making this up, but in the New Testament, Paul he talks, I think it's the book of Galatians, he talks about the true circumcision. So, you know, to be an Israelite, to be an Israelite man, you had to be circumcised when you were eight days old as a boy, and then you were included in the nation of Israel as a true Israelite. But Paul said, no. He said, just because you're physically circumcised doesn't make you a true Israelite. <laughs> he said, you're a true Israelite if you're, if you're one in the heart. It's what the Lord's doing inside of you that counts you in or out, not what's happened to you in your body. What happened in your body was a sign of the greater reality. But the greater reality is there's a circumcision of the heart that needs to take place. And of course, that takes 
That includes all the women as well. Women can't be physically circumcised, at least not, you know, not in the normal way, but, um, but they can be circumcised in a heart, which is the true circumcision that Paul was talking about. So what, what David is saying here is this same thing that Saul is saying. He's saying that these people are not true Israelites because they're not following the Lord the way the Lord wants. He's saying they're Gentiles and he's praying and he's saying, Lord, have no mercy on these wicked traitors. And then he adds the word sailor. Think about that. And the thing that's so thought-provoking is the fact that even though they were in the nation of Israel, they weren't. And it's a little bit like saying, you know, there are people who go to church, but they're not Christian. Something's, you know, they're physically in the church, but within their heart, they're not. Think about that. And that is worth thinking about. And it says in verse 8, you Yahweh laugh at them. And just think about that. The Lord laughed at Saul. That's a horrible thought. The thought that someone could be outside the will of God and God mocks you. Well, I think the lesson we learn is let's be in the will of God. Let's be close to him as David was. Father, I want to thank you for this psalm. And we want to be in the will of God. We want to be close to you. We want to be like you. Let our heart be strengthened in what is right. And let us be true Israel, circumcised in the heart and not be excluded because of our own wickedness. Father, let your grace be extended to us in the name of Jesus. Amen.